welcome to Wrestling at Random. I'm Jeremy Deemer. And I am Adam Summers. And this is the podcast where every week we review a randomly chosen pro wrestling weekly TV show to review. Yes, in season two, which we're very deep into at this point, it's all about weekly pro wrestling television. Could be pretty much any weekly TV from anywhere around the world, major companies, territories, uh, relatively recent times from 2010 back or way back as we've gone several times. This week's show, well, not way back, this is a deep cut, a uh, an era of a uh, well-regarded TV show that in and of itself, this era is not particularly well-regarded and I had almost completely blocked it out of my mind. It's the wild and young era of NXT. We are both wild and young and we will get into all of the wild and young competitors that were on this program but first i want to remind everyone how they can interact with the show uh, first of all every single week free of charge in this feed you're subscribed to right now we bring you every single sunday uh, an episode of this podcast so we fire up the randomizer which is basically we just dumped thousands and thousands of hours from multiple streaming services across the internet into the randomizer we dumped all those titles we fire it up it selects something for us to watch for weekly television and this is evergreen content so if you missed last week's episode you haven't listened to it yet it's waiting there patiently for you you can go back and listen to it right now you can go back to back to season one, and I highly recommend you do if you haven't. There's some gems in season one. Those are major pro wrestling events, pay-per-views, Clash of the Champions, etc. So go back and enjoy those. Interact with the show at Wrestle at Random is the Twitter. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we also have an email, wrestling at random at gmail.com. And those links can all be found at the website and the entire back catalog, wrestlingatrandom.com. We love to interact. We'd love to hear from you. And we also have a Patreon, and that's a way to get bonus content. If your Sunday shows aren't enough, we also have a Thursday show available. And that comes out every single Thursday on the Patreon feed. And there's a bunch of different tiers. We'll talk more about it at the end of the show. But you mentioned NXT. Now, before we get into... NXT. I want to tell you a little bit about uh, the history of WWE's developmental program. Steve Kern, the former wrestler Skinner, he started Florida Championship Wrestling in 2007. WWE made it one of their developmental territories along with OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling in Louisville, Kentucky. And wasn't Derby City Wrestling the developmental to OVW? <laughs> Believe it or not, I have the entire, it's like at least a year run of Derby City Wrestling TV. I need to burn that and get that too so you can throw that into the randomizer. In 2008, WWE ended its affiliation with OVW and Florida Championship Wrestling became the lone WWE developmental territory. In February 2010, WWE's ECW show on sci-fi. We reviewed an episode of it earlier in this season of the podcast. You can go back. Yeah, I and... was I was going to jump in because that's, there's an asterisk when you say only developmental territory because whatever the hell it was that we watched that was called ECW from 2010, that felt more like developmental than anything else. 
Yeah, go listen to that show if you want to get a little taste of what ECW's WWE's ECW on Sci-Fi was like. In 2010, it was canceled, and it was replaced by a show called NXT. It's the first WWE reality show since Tough Enough. The show was based on a combination of UFC's Ultimate Fighter show and WWE's Tough Enough competitions. With none of the charm or interesting (laughs) elements. And you'll get to it, but this is not tough enough. This is not the ultimate fighter. They're not in a house. That's not what this this weekly TV show is. They are in an arena. There is a wrestling ring in the arena, but... That doesn't tell the whole story. No, but I think they were more in, less inspired by the house aspect, more inspired by the wacky physical challenges that nobody remembers yes. from either of those shows. Well, yeah, those first few seasons of The Ultimate Fighter, the first however many it was, four or five, the uh, the Chuck versus Randy season and several afterwards, yes, they would have... Wasn't there one they would do every year with some sort of football challenge or something that I, I feel like was always the last one? Uh, and I remember bets would be made and Dana White would be there because he couldn't not be there because he has to be on everything. Uh, yeah. In t- October of that same year, 2010, Sci-Fi canceled the NXT show due to poor ratings. So it lasted from March until October. Wait, it lasted from March until October. When? What is the date of this episode that we're going to be talking about here? This the date of the show is December twenty first of twenty ten. The seasons once in October it was canceled by Sci Fi. The next seasons were moved to WWE.com in the United States. Well, that explains why, in addition to uh, official WWE streaming services that you can find this on potentially, you can also find it on YouTube, much like. Uh, <laughs> Much like that episode of NX or of uh, EC, WWE ECW that we randomly were able to find uh, on YouTube. Uh, what I was getting at though was that so this started in March of 2010. On this show, they referred to this as the fourth season Correct. of NXT. Yes, because were the seasons each a week? Twelve weeks. Each season was twelve weeks long. Yeah, so. That was how it was. So as soon as one With would end. zero weeks between them? Nope. And then it would roll right into the next uh, wow. season, that's, quote unquote. That's how, you build, yeah. that's how you build interest. Uh, don't leave people ever wanting more. It was, <laughs> yeah. So the, the next seasons were moved to WWE.com in the US. And now this was in 2010. So their streaming service and consuming uh, your television shows on the internet was not easy, convenient, or something people were in the habit of doing. So no, not at all. the The end of the reality TV show format came in season five when WWE just got so mad that they couldn't control the fan voting which was a big part of this show, and they were mad at who the fans voted for that they ended up scrapping the entire concept. I, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Loki slash Caval yes. like the reason why they scrapped <laughs> the whole concept? Because they did not want him to win, and everyone loved him. And so, uh, yeah, it didn't work out too well for really anybody after that. 
So the final episode of Florida Championship Wrestling Television, which aired in just local Florida markets, that aired on July 15th of 2012. Uh, Fun fact, the main event of that show was Dean Ambrose versus William Regal. That's a good way to go out if you're going to. Yeah, it was replaced in July of 2012 by a new show called NXT, as the WWE had dropped the FCW affiliation and titles, creating their own NXT champions and expanded their investment in the developmental system with the creation of the Performance Center. NXT would go on to become a show on the WWE Network and eventually move to the USA Network as an attempt to be direct competition to the newly launched AEW show on TNT. And they would also go on to, at that same time, uh, produce the most, uh, what most people would say, the most critically acclaimed U.S.-based super shows uh, of you know the, uh, the second half of the 2010s, I guess you could say, with the TakeOver shows, which you and I uh, attended together, several of them, both in Chicago and in New York City. So when you hear NXT and you think about those shows and you think about the greatness and the things you enjoy about NXT, that is none of the things we're about to talk about now. Get no. that out of your brain. That is not this show. Go back to the... We were just describing all the horrible things of Tough Enough and The Ultimate Fighter combined into this terrible show. This was taped... Uh, during they what they would do is a SmackDown superstars and NXT taping, and it was done at the same time here in San Antonio, Texas, in front of a sold out crowd of twelve thousand people. This was the third week of the quote unquote fourth season. Let's not stall any further. <laughs> Let's get into this. I know uh, the history is more. Uh... Uh, we got to catch Mark's... everybody up on what this is because people are not prepared for what this is. Yeah, I still believe there's an element of you don't want to get to what it is we're actually going to be talking about <laughs> as well. But either way, yes, you are now the fine listeners of this podcast as caught up as anyone could possibly be. And the next thing you'll hear and the next thing we heard is Wild and Young. Yeah, we get an intro video recap of last week. Matt Stryker is apparently the host of this show, and he's talking about the obstacle course challenge. Yeah. Let's lay out <laughs> what this recap from last week's show was. There is an obstacle course challenge. When I say that, that means there are obstacles set around ringside, and the course is going around the wrestling ring. There are boxes and barriers. Men are doing push-ups. And I don't understand this at all. I write down in my notes. There's a wrestling ring, but no one is in it. No, it's around it. Just wacky obstacles. Yeah. Yes. It is, part, it is an obstacle, which is both literally <laughs> and figuratively true on this show. Uh, a man named Johnny Curtis is disqualified for falling off the balance beam, but he gets another chance for some reason that we are not informed as to why. And he wins Two things called immunity points. Two immunity points. So we are all caught up now. <laughs> Thanks are. to that video recap. There is a theme. <laughs> I will just say this. Immunity points. That is what everything, every competition, whether it be a, uh, a wheelbarrow race or a 
trivia contests or wrestling matches. Everything on this show is based around the immunity points standings and earning immunity points. There is not one moment on this hour of television that they spend telling us what the immunity points mean, what you can do with them. No, or like when are we going to do eliminations and yeah, what's happening nothing. here? No, no. I, I, this, yeah, I, I, I don't. Is this like if you get a certain amount of them, are you healthy for the rest of their, your life? Uh, is that what the immunity is? I don't understand. So the video recap not helping us. We roll right into the opening theme song and credits as uh, we hear the the these the. the awesome theme song of wild and young and you're gonna hear it you're hearing it uh you're about to hear it uh underneath our recap here and let me tell you it's gonna be in your head for the rest of the day i rest of your life i thought that there could be nothing worse than that wwe ecw theme song but what that had going for it was that it was so generic that it wasn't memorable at all it was terrible but there's no way a human being could get that stuck in their head this is the worst of all options. It's a horrible song and you cannot get it out of your head. And as you're hearing this song, just imagine images of Byron Saxton and Brodus Clay. Let's, let's run this down. Let's run this down because it, it, the the theme of the show is an NXT rookie is paired with a WWE pro. Okay, so they have a coach, a mentor. Well, I also WWE like that they call pro. They call these guys pros, and it feels like in WWE speak that it's such a cut down on these guys because they're all, every wrestler is called a superstar. In the WWE universe, quote unquote, wrestlers don't exist. They are superstars of some amorphous job that they do. But here, these guys are just pros. And we're not even talking about the rookies, the actual wrestlers. Yes. Uh, you're going to mention, like, Daniel Bryan is not a superstar, he's a pro. He's a pro. Now, let's start with the first rookie is Brodus Clay. Uh, you'd know him uh, with his. Uh, uh, he made it to the main roster eventually and was a uh, was a, a, a guy. Um, and he was the rookie here with his pro Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh uh-uh. uh incorrect. It's Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I, I, Juniors I will... do not exist. They do In not. the world of WWE, see Rey Mysterio for further details. He is just referred to all night as Ted DiBiase, as That's though right. we don't know who Ted DiBiase actually is. Derek Bateman is an NXT rookie. You would know him as EC3, yes. eventually. He is paired with his pro, Daniel Bryan. Connor O'Brien... You would know him as Connor from The Ascension. Oh my a, God! Is that seriously who that is? That is who that wow. is. He he. Uh, they had a, a run as NXT Tag Team Champions and made it I to the main wondering... roster, and never were really more more than just a joke tag team on the main roster. I was wondering uh, why he looked so familiar. That explains it. Connor of The Ascension, his pro, Alberto Del Rio. Wow. Byron Saxton, yes, that Byron Saxton, he was the announcer for the ECW show we referenced back from February of 2010. Was he ever? Go back and listen to that podcast to hear us talk about all his terrible sayings. Like someone was like a 
a vanguard of destruction. I don't know. He was just saying ridiculous stuff. When I saw him on here as a wrestler, and then I realized that this was after he was an announcer, I was so shocked because I thought it was the opposite. I, I thought had that to he look was up a, the timeline to confirm I totally as well. I totally thought that he yeah. was a wrestler washed out because he just was nothing and then became a completely bland announcer. But here, it's the opposite. Commentator turned wrestler turned commentator again and is still a commentator at, in 2021. His pro is the masterpiece, Chris Masters, who is still in the WWE in 2010. <laughs> Maybe the most shocking part of this program. Some dude named Jacob Novak. Uh, he would be the first person eliminated on this season. And I looked him up. He went on to do nothing. He I, did nothing in pro wrestling. I Well, that's not exactly surprising watching him on this show. And, you know, I apologize if you are a listener to this show. Apologize. Uh, Jacob Novak. Yeah. But I... I, I actually find it impossible to believe you are not a concussion cured Chris Nowinski. This with none of the charisma or talent. No, and this guy, no, this guy is a total zero. We'll get into it when he wrestles later. His pro, Dolph Ziggler, which is a terrible combination because he's like the uncharismatic, not jacked Dolph Ziggler visually. It's like if you took a guy that was a star and then said, "Find the guy." Uh, from the small town who's never going to be a wrestler that kind of looks like him and make him that guy's rookie. That's the situation here. And last but not least, we mentioned him in the recap. He has two immunity points. He's Johnny Curtis, who would go on to become Fandango in the WWE. Wow. I did not realize that either. Uh, My first note on him is that he, like at least half the guys on this show, Look like a dime star Randy Orton. <laughs> yes, he would be the future Fandango, his pro, R-Truth. So, we're, like we said, we're coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Matt Stryker introduces the NXT rookies. Well, he's introduced by Josh Matthews as the Richard Dawson of NXT. Uh, certainly a reference that is going to pop the 18 to 34 demographic. Yes, very timely. Uh, <laughs> the show starts, by the way, after the intro with, they say, who will change their lives forever? And my bet is on no one. Yeah, so right after this intro video that just showed us all of the rookies and the pros, we are then introduced <laughs> yes. to all the rookies and the pros. We literally just did this. We're doing it again. As Byron Saxon is introduced, Josh Matthews says, there's just something annoying about Byron Saxon. And Josh Matthews has never been more accurate. Uh, it, it was yes. extra. It's extra hilarious because we did recently watch that ECW that combination. Show. So knowing that they were broadcast <laughs> yes. announced partners made it even funnier. Yeah, that was a yes. good line. And by the way, the, the commentary duo, such as it is on the show, is Josh Matthews and Todd Grisham. He of the uh, Kimber, which DVD set it is, where if you hear him call a Jushin Liger match, maybe it's the old Benoit set. I can't I remember was, which one yeah. is. It is as cringe as it gets. Uh, their commentary throughout the show is just weird. They're like making fun of the show. They're constantly. I feel like, like just... they really don't like each other. Like, well, yes, personally. that's the other like... thing. It They are announcing as though they're being booked by Vince Russo. It's two people who can't possibly get along with each other. 
and just don't want to be friends and hate each other. It's just weird. This whole show to me felt like one of the biggest windows into Vince McMahon's mind of any WWE or WWF show that we've watched. So we're told that Novak and Saxton have the one immunity point, Curtis with the two. We get standings. The only time I can remember in <laughs> WWE slash WWF history that we have rankings, and it's for this show and for immunity points. A quick fashion corner on Matt Stryker. Here he is wearing jeans as the host of this show and a polo shirt with a sweater over it. And the next thing we see is the camera pans right off of the stage where all this is happening. Again, this is just in the entranceway by the Titantron. We uh, we pan to the right and we see a bright NXT yellow wheelbarrow. And Matt Stryker tells us, he walks over to it and he says, I think this wheelbarrow is too light. Maybe we can put some of the little kids from the crowd in it. They, no. <laughs> thankfully, for so many reasons, do not do that. Instead, music hits and it is the Soaring Eagle, who I can only describe as... The Gobbledygooker Part 2. Yes, like, yes, exactly. The same designer of the Gobbledygooker costume uh, made an eagle costume. They were talking about the soaring eagle like I'm supposed to know what that is. Yeah, I don't understand. Is this like the mascot? Is this the mascot version of the winged eagle belt? Is this <laughs> character? Uh, maybe this is a previous winner. Of the, maybe this is the season three winner of NXT and their life was changed was, forever by having to be the soaring eagle. It was so weird, but uh, yeah, the soaring eagle comes out. He's just some dude in an eagle costume, and and yeah, he gets in the wheelbarrow. He gets in the wheelbarrow, and and we hear, "What is this show coming to?" Josh Matthews says it, and it's awesome because uh, it. <laughs> what is this show coming to? Josh Matthews says. It's awesome, and it is not. I loved yeah, this. I howled with laughter. Yes, Christian says, what is the show coming to? And Josh says, it's awesome. So, can you please get into the wheelbarrow? Officials, not the officials can help you. Rookies, be careful. He is endangered. What is this show coming to, by the way, Josh? It's awesome. What we are going to do now on this pro wrestling podcast is describe a worked wheelbarrow race. Which is not is a it worked? Did or, well, I, I it's know. either worked or they just don't care about the results because they are playing fast and loose with that stopwatch as guys cross <laughs> they, the start finish line. <laughs> sometimes they let it run for an extra second and a half. Sometimes they stop it before the man gets to the line. Well, we, we never heard. We never. So I, I'm big on rules. You know, if you, you any know. listener of this podcast yes. knows, I want to be clear on the rules, and we did not establish. Does it? Is it the front of the wheelbarrow crossing the line? Is it the oh, and that'll entire wheelbarrow crossing? I know. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, we just because I saw them stopping the timer at weird times, and I'm like, boy, this is this could be controversial if someone crosses the and, and the the entire wheelbarrow it, it, it doesn't. Points bet was uh, was was working this. You could be in trouble here. Yeah, uh, it, I was I was concerned, and rightfully so, as we will see at the end of this competition. It so, starts. It starts with Johnny Curtis looking again like Randy Orton, not looking like Fandango. And you might think that there's some like there's going to be some obstacle course here with the wheelbarrow or anything interesting. No, there's a yellow line towards the end of the ramp. Johnny Curtis has the wheelbarrow. The soaring eagle is in the wheelbarrow, 
first he jumps the start and has to go again. He's not penalized. So you jumps the start, but no penalty. And He's then the what same is, guy who fell off the balance beam yes. and got a do-over. He get he has a false start here and gets a do-over. There's no such thing as two mulligans, <laughs> unless you're the Wyndham family. Um, otherwise, it's just not the case. Favoritism right here. Yes. He literally, the just the clock goes, and he literally just runs the bird uh, around the ring and back to the line. That's it. There's nothing else that happens here. Nothing funny. No drama. Next up is Jacob Novak. His time was he, 13 seconds. To be clear. Yes, give or take 13 <laughs> seconds. Jacob Novak is next. He's wearing all white gear. He's wearing a white jacket. Uh, deep cut for the Big Audio Nightmare listeners. I immediately had flashbacks to having to watch Jiro. And, uh, and he's actually a part of NXT now, so it all comes full circle. So I immediately hated Jacob Novak and wanted him to be eliminated um, as a soon white, as possible. A white sport coat open, no shirt, white trunks. Thank God yeah. he had knee pads on. Otherwise, it would have been the worst guy in his underwear look that we've had <laughs> yes. on the show in a while. He basically was Mr. Wrestling 2 without a mask, but with a sport jacket on and none of the talent or charisma. He gets 12.8 seconds, and it looks like he was trying to go slower than that. Uh, next up is Brodus Clay, uh, the uh, the great, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, Todd Grisham, says that if Brodus Clay eats the eagle, he will be disqualified. Uh, instead, he is the slowest so far, takes 13.4 seconds, then dumps the eagle as he gets to the line. And we get my absolute favorite thing in uh, modern day WWE, forced announcer laughter. I laughed at him letting the wheelbarrow go as he crossed uh, and, it, and it fell over because I was starved for entertainment. Yes, starved <laughs> for anything other than just men <laughs> pushing a barrow around oh. a ring with we're like only nothing. halfway done. Uh, this is hideously boring. If you go to uh, our, our Twitter, we posted a GIF from this wheelbarrow contest. Un, unbelievably boring. It's from point. it's from Johnny Curtis's second attempt. By the second way, attempt. I did not get the first one. Um, Connor O'Brien is up next. Such a geek. He gets twelve point seven seconds, and I actually give him credit. He's pretty earnest here. It looks like he's trying to win. Uh, it's nothing related to report there. Byron Saxton is next. He. Uh, he puts on the black glove and yeah, he's got uh, a shirt. First, his shirt says "I heart me" on his shirt. Again, such like a nothing WWE gimmick. He puts on the black glove. Matt Schrager, to his credit, immediately invokes the name of Blackjack Mulligan. He did. Uh, Friend that of the made show. me very happy. <laughs> uh, for some reason, Byron Saxon, as he leaves the line, he's screaming, "I'm coming!" And he gets twelve point five seconds. He's in the lead. Who, who could care? Uh, Bateman then gets 12.5 seconds, but it's like they let the clock run long. He was there by my watch. And again, what does this say about my life that I was taking time here? Uh, but he got 11.8 seconds. This is where I note this is either worked or the people in charge don't care uh, or both. Uh, so we have a, I guess a that means there's a tie between Bateman and Saxton. So Byron Saxton goes next. He falls before he gets to the line. Now, wait this is where we wait. have the play before, at the plate. Before they go next. So Bateman comes across. We have a tie. Stryker announces him as the winner. Yes. And, and, and they have to correct him that it's a tie. This was amateur hour across the board. Complete yeah, nonsense. This, 
this was this was honestly this show in this segment in particular this was the uh whatever they called the disco inferno segment on uh, oh, on those TNA yeah. weekly pages yeah the this jive talking <laughs> yeah yeah this was jive talking with disco inferno just without any of the offensive stuff other than it being offensively boring it yeah. was so dumb yeah it, daniel bryan uh made me giggle because he was demanding a replay from the yes. stage uh we and- should mention that yeah the pros who we barely ever see but they're on stage all with live mics so we've got two announcers we have matt striker with a live mic and we have what seven pros quote unquote on the stage all with live mics. so this is total train rock tv uh but as we said saxon gets to the line he falls before he gets there though so the wheelbarrow crosses the plane but the uh, the body of Byron Saxton does not. No one can figure out what the rules are. Matt Stryker says, if Dick Worley was the ref, none of this would happen. And that made me very, very happy. Go back and listen to some of our earlier podcasts to hear about our love of the referee and the name Dick Worley. So Dolph, that's... Dolph Ziggler's <laughs> making fun of him. Uh, he's, he's making fun of Stryker for making up the rules as he goes along yes. here. Uh, yeah, then we get 12 seconds for Bateman. And so, so Bateman, uh, has like an American flag. Yeah. What was this? He unfurls a small American flag from his tights for some reason. (laughs) And he wins. And the only thing I, and this is the theme for me throughout this show, watching this is that everyone who loses looks like such a massive dork and could not possibly ever be be perceived as a star for the rest of their career, having lost in this competition. And the only person that comes off like more of a loser is the person who wins the competition and is excited about it. This is, it does not matter. You could have put Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, take your pick. You could have put all those guys on this show and every single one of them, would have looked like a total loser by the end of it. There was no way to come off like a star being involved in this. I, I think Ric Flair could have pulled it off. He made he musical chairs, off musical chairs on Raw, uh, so maybe he could have pulled this off. But that's about maybe. it. Maybe, yeah. The Dolph Ziggler was entertaining here because, uh, yeah, Bateman dropped his American flag, so then. Dolph's yelling at him for letting the flag touch the ground and calling him anti-American and and he's tra- just messing with him and it was uh, so that the the extra commentary uh, uh, made me giggle it was pretty funny. Dolph um, might have been the most entertaining person on the show, which far, is Dolph Ziggler's tells commentary you was uh, the best thing so far. Bateman with this win gets his two immunity points. Josh and Todd tell us that. It's going to be Novak versus Curtis. In a wrestling match. Of In all a things. wrestling match and a main event of a six-person match with Ted DiBiase, Brodus Clay, and Maurice. <laughs> what, a, what a crew. <laughs> I thought it couldn't get any more ridiculous than Goldust, Yoshitatsu, <laughs> and the Hurricane on the WWE ECW show. I, I half wonder if uh, Tenru was booking this show uh, instead. It just made me think of some of those wild, crazy war six-man tags where it would be like John Tenta. Uh, That's 
like teaming with like it, it would basically be every match was like Roddy Piper's uncensored team. The, maybe we need a uh, a randomizer trios championship because yes. uh, the the ones that are the most random uh, every every week because boy yeah the, I didn't think anyone could could uh, knock off the hurricane Goldust and Yoshitatsu <laughs> but boy Ted DiBiase Brodus Clay and Maurice is a uh, solid solid threesome. We all have thoughts on the couple. The romantic <laughs> duo of Ted DiBiase and Maurice later. Their opponents later will be Byron Saxton, Chris Masters, and a mystery woman to be revealed later in the show. After commercial, Dolph is giving pointers to Novak before the match. Curtis's pro is our truth but he couldn't be there tonight, so they have JTG from Crime Time in <laughs> to sub for R-Truth. Okay, yeah, that was, it was just like, it was said so matter-of-factly, too. Like, R-Truth can't be here. He called JTG. He's he's the pro today. Like, just I, zero. I looked it up. R-Truth was, uh, he was out due to walking pneumonia and recovering from a seizure. So he was Yikes. he was definitely not able to make it there that night. The pros get to coach from the apron. So they're yeah, standing not, like they're going to be tag team partners. It is the weirdest thing. You've got these two guys, Johnny Curtis and Jacob Novak, in their gear in the ring. And then if you, let's just say you flipped over, you know, if you're a reality show fan and, you know, you, the, the episode of Survivor was a rerun and you're like, oh, man, I got to get my reality fix. Let me watch NXT. Uh, I guess you would have been flipping over to WWE.com. Maybe you were, you were <laughs> second screening it because you just couldn't. You, you had to have two reality shows at once. But you saw these men in street clothes uh, on the apron like they're tag partners. And it seems like it's a, like it's some weird combination of a regular tag match and a street fight uh, in one, which seems like a TNA match stipulation. The The optics were definitely strange. And so was the match. A oh, weird, God. A weird, weird camera s- shot, too. We have <sighs> weird shots of, like, this floating crane camera that somehow made this made, made this match, excuse me, look even worse and more fake than it already did. We also learned that, apparently, Johnny Curtis is a skateboarder, and <laughs> you have never seen a man look less like a skateboarder in your life. Like, if Darby Allen is on one end of the spectrum of skateboarders, the far opposite end of that spectrum is Johnny Curtis. Yeah, like, uh, Johnny Ace makes fun of how non-skateboarder Johnny Curtis is. <laughs> Again, yes, very true. Uh, this was not a dynamic dude here, and this it basically looks like if Randy Orton, if you're being told Randy Orton was a skateboarder. Uh, so, yeah, this... This match is, this belonged in Derby City. This was developmental, developmental. Johnny Curtis, I thought, actually looked really good at times here. But my God, Jacob Novak, you t- you said a zero. I, I feel like that is uh, doing a disservice to all the other men you've called a zero here <laughs> yes, through two seasons of this show. He's very bad. Uh, Curtis, a weird suplex for a near fall. And we cut to the back where Vicky Guerrero is watching on because she's Dolph Ziggler's girlfriend. I have no memory of that storyline at all. Yeah, she's Dolph Ziggler's girlfriend, but she also may particular or may uh, may be interested in 
Jacob Novak. That sounds There's, really fun. Yeah, so Curtis to the top gets knocked off to the floor by Novak. Novak sends Curtis back first into the apron, then back into the ring. We also at this point learn that at some point during the season, Novak went a capture the flag challenge to get his immunity point. Yeah, how how could you watch like the first episode, see a capture the flag challenge, and be like, I, I need to watch this show every week? Yes. Appointment viewing on WWE.com. Two leg drops by Novak, a sidewalk slam. After a two count, we get a chin lock by Novak. It's as there's basic. A of, there's a lot of chin locks here from Jacob Novak. The sequence is side slam, reverse chin lock, deafening silence. <laughs> Novak just throws him down again after uh, after Curtis gets up and puts him back in the reverse chin lock. And this is where I note that I've changed my opinion of the MVP of NXT. It is, in fact, JTG as he somehow manages to get this crowd to clap along in support of Johnny Curtis to get out of this Jacob Novak reverse chin lock. I could not believe my ears. Yes, this match was so basic and so nothing. And JTG leading the crowd to get into it, super impressive. But Novak takes Curtis down, keeps the chin lock on. A belly-to-back suplex by Curtis breaks the hold. Then he had some awesome European uppercuts. I'll give him credit there. He had a great European uppercut. He also threw a really good... uh, Only way I can describe it is like that weird, just Chris Benoit back front elbow type of thing that he would do, which is almost like a clothesline, but with like the back of your arm instead of the front of your arm. Like He looked like he was more than a guy here. Yeah, better suplex this time. He throws... Novak shoulder first into the post, takes him down by the arm, Fujiwara armbar style, and Dolph comes into the ring. JTG comes into the ring. The ref tries to put out JTG, which allows Dolph to punch Curtis, and then we get a a, a, a boot to the face by Novak. Yes, do not call it a big boot. No, this just a, a boot. It's just and that a is boot. It. Nothing big about it. We see Vicky watching on TV. He pins Johnny Curtis. This finish was so lame. There's just it, this like average boot to, to, to beat him. This was so ridiculous. Novak is your winner. And it looks like Novak busted his lip. And that's the most entertaining thing, the most interesting thing about Novak in any of this match. What we also learn after the match is that everybody's entrance and exit music is wild and young. Yes, it is. (laughs) He wins. Jacob Novak pins Johnny Curtis, and we hear wild and young again. And as he's celebrating, I note that uh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the comp here is the most generic Matt Riddle ever. That is the look. (laughs) with Novak here either way not good we go from but we go from that to the first of two consecutive spotlights on the rookies the first of which is about the idea of a personality story backstory vignette is absolutely necessary it's, yes. it's something you must do to get especially people on a to show care. like this with guys that nobody knows about that are green you want to give people a reason to care about them that is the that is the, yes. the goal the goal the is correct the execution 
not so good. <laughs> yeah, this so this starts. This is introduced by Todd Phillips saying that Derek Bateman is quote full same thing. <laughs> no difference. Uh, Derek Bateman is quote full of energy and so charismatic, which is only a half step removed from Michael Cole saying that someone just likes to have fun. So uh, first, Derek Bateman says that he is wild and young. Of course he is. <laughs> but because this show can't actually make sense, the music that is playing in the background, it is not wild and young here. Instead, no. it is the dubbed music. It is the music they use in the dubbed versions of NWA World Championship Wrestling on WWE's official streaming service. What in the world is going on? He tells us he's from Cleveland. Which is Awesome Town, USA. And he's wild and young. This is the worst. He he's... calls himself Mantastic. Man Mantastic is how he describes himself. He also says, and this is a direct quote, oh. not off his Tinder profile, but here in this personality profile on wrestling television, he says he is an adventurous hunk. He then goes on to talk about his backstory. And part of his backstory is that he appeared as an extra on Sunday Night Heat. How does he describe this? Again, direct <laughs> quote. This man says to the camera, I had the opportunity to sports entertain on Sunday Night Heat. Yes, he stated that he had once sports entertained on an episode <laughs> of Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've heard that as a verb. Like, he actually, in action, died. he described what he did as sports entertained. Yeah, I lost it at this point. <laughs> this is where I note, we've talked before about Kirkland's versions of wrestlers, or dime store wrestlers, as I said earlier. And I'll preface this by saying, that this man did go on to be entertaining in his own way, particularly in TNA as EC3. But here, you have never seen a more low-rent version of MJF than you have seen here. Yeah. It, is, it is so bad. Oh, my God. And this, just to be clear, this is the most naturally charismatic and most polished guy on this show. He calls his fists freedom and justice. And he can do whatever he wants because he's better. Okay. This this was a this was a heck of a personality profile. How could we top it? We get Connor <laughs> O'Brien's video profile. Well, before that though, we learned that my chemical romance has supplied the song na 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 for this episode of the show. And this might be the only song more annoying than Wild and Young. <laughs> so, so Connor was picked on growing up because... Oh, my God. He what? like a rat. This, again, when I talk about this show being a window into the mind of Vince McMahon, Connor O'Brien's entire gimmick is just because Vince McMahon saw him and for some reason thought he looked like a rat. I guarantee you, no one in Connor O'Brien's childhood ever said this. This is something that Vince McMahon gave him. This man, the rat, Connor O'Brien, has no charisma, negative charisma, at least no. here. He, again, if you haven't seen it, if you think, I'm trying to think of a modern guy 
Uh, obviously, he went on to be part of the Ascension, but he, uh, you know, Dijak, who was on the Indies and then went on to be in WWE, who I've never been a big fan of. It. This guy is like the lowest rent version of Dijak. He goes on and on and on about how kids called him a rat and it ruined his self-confidence, but now he's owned it. He is a cartoon rat on his tights. In his promos are all rat-based puns. Here, his catchphrase is that we had, again, direct quote. Direct quote. We had the Attitude Era. Why can't we have the Ratitude Era? He literally said that. I could not believe this. This is so bad. He was doomed. Six feet under. There is no way. Again, you could have had Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if you gave him this gimmick of being the rat, and he was talking about the Ratitude era. Oh, brutal. He would have never even made it to the Ascension. Daniel Bryan is stretching in the back with... And I'm stretching, trying to find some way to have Daniel Bryan in like an interesting segment on this show. I see him, and it's just, I feel like I've been wandering the desert for weeks with no water, and I see Daniel Bryan on the horizon, and I'm crawling to him to give me good professional wrestling. Derek Bateman is stretching with him, and he's... Derek Bateman's reading the history of the WWE Championship to try to study for the trivia contest later. Uh, but Daniel Bryan's actually trying to give him training advice here. He's telling him, push your nose to the mat. And they're, they're kind of doing uh, stretches like backbend type stretches, put your nose all the way to the mat. He's not paying attention. He's reading the book instead. He says he's going to win the trivia challenge. Daniel Bryan has the most charisma out of anyone on this show. Unbelievable. Well, what was there was some other guy in the room and like he kicks the guy's leg out. What was that? I have I, no idea what that was. I don't, I don't know what that was. I, yeah. There's another guy, but I, I couldn't He's figure in the out corner what was going and on. I don't know just, what that it, was. It made no sense. We then cut from there to, did you know WWE has made 5,000 wishes come true for kids? And I think this was part of the stand up for WWE campaign. <laughs> if you remember that uh, from around this time period, but we go, we go from that. Competition are, time. Oh, yeah. We are in the ring, not for wrestling, but it is Matt Stryker. And we are doing hot seat trivia. Now, I'm, this po- I'm a huge trivia guy, so I actually yes. got excited to see that we we're going to have a trivia contest. I can't wait to see the questions. I'm so excited. Yes. Uh, and we get the famous kiss of death on any wrestling show, whether it's introducing a reverse battle royal or war games, or here in a hot seat trivia challenge, Matt Stryker says, basically the rules are simple. Oh, they, <laughs> they, they were not. And uh, at least not for some of the guys here, but there's a category you have. Each guy has five seconds to give an answer. You move down the line. If you miss or repeat it, you have to go to the back. And then uh, Matt Stryker, not the back of the his, line, but the back, <laughs> like you have to leave the ring. Yes. You are eliminated. You're eliminated. From this- from this hot seat trivia challenge. Uh, he asks if all the rookies understand. And uh, again, in a real star making performance here, Johnny Curtis just says, yep, into the microphone. <laughs> and again, this is, it's just like guys are standing in their underwear doing a trivia contest. It strips away every possibility of any of these guys looking, uh, looking like stars. But in any event, 
the first, first category, <laughs> it is Undertaker's opponents at WrestleMania. All you had to do was name one, and then it moved to the next person. Yes. So the first one you would name should be the most obvious one. You should save that. I'm thinking strategy for a trivia contest like this. You want to save the deep cuts for later in the rounds. But Johnny Curtis opens up with uh, Superfly Snooka. (laughs) Yes, Johnny Curtis was clearly here trying to prove how big of a wrestling fan he was. No. Which is... Terrible strategy. If you're in the WWE, you need to act like you've never seen wrestling before. That's how you'll get your push. Yeah, I was uh, I, I was yelling at the screen. This is terrible strategy. <laughs> yeah, terrible uh, strategy from the logic you pointed out, and then also from a backstage standpoint. Yeah, the next answer was Big Show and A Train from yes. the WrestleMania 19 show <laughs> that we reviewed on this podcast. Everyone remembers one. that. I mean, maybe that's why that's the most downloaded <laughs> show on this podcast. Although that might have been in part one. Which is, I, I believe, still only has twenty uh, has twenty less downloads than we're, part two. We're which I know too you love. deep into the show for me to get angry about that <laughs> right now. Uh, next was Jake the Snake, Shawn Michaels, Big Boss Man, Mark oh, Henry. No one couple, got any wrong, so that was no. Good. A couple of the guys, though, one guy says, "What is the Big Boss Man?" Another guy says, "Who is Mark Henry?" They think they're on Jeopardy. So we uh, we go from that to. King of the Ring winners. And this is where I get very angry. That's right. Because things are things are accepted as correct answers that are not. So we have Yeah, they, so, go ahead. Again, again, the strategy, save the deep cuts for later in the round, uh, because it goes all the way around. No, no, no. You come busting out with King Mabel. <laughs> yes, King Mabel, which again, go back to the very first episode of this podcast if you want to hear in detail about the uh, the near-death experience that was <laughs> King Yokozuna. Mabel's ring entrance <laughs> at that In Your House show on episode one of season one. Uh, Steve Austin, Owen Hart, Triple H are all given as correct answers. Then one man says that Harley Race. Harley Race? Did he... Won the King of the Ring. And it is accepted as a correct answer. That is false. He was a king of the ring, but did not. He was not. a king of the WWE. That does not make you that the winner not. of the king of the ring tournament. No, because that would mean that uh, by the same logic, Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> and the Macho Man Randy Savage would also be yeah. king of the ring winners. Uh, yeah, I was I was not happy that that was an accepted answer. Billy Gunn comes back around. William Regal, Sheamus, and then someone says... Uh, Brodus Clay says Diesel. <laughs> he was so sure of himself too. <laughs> and again, he's he's eliminated and he has to go to the back. And this is where I note again, this show makes anyone who fell look like <laughs> such a loser. Like you've got Brodus Clay who's got a unique look. He's a big guy. You could see a scenario where he could get over as like a mid-card fun guy that the kids like. And then they do this and he just accepts his fate, puts his head down, and walks to the back. And I'm just like, that's it. You're done. No one's ever going to care about you. So we go from there to this is where the show absolutely <laughs> broke me. <laughs> Matt Stryker introduces this question by saying it is cities that have hosted WrestleMania. And so the first man up is the Ratitude guy. And he says, 
<laughs> I can't even say it's a straight face. His answer to the question again, cities that have hosted <laughs> WrestleMania, name a city that has hosted WrestleMania. And this guy, Connor O'Brien, the Ratitude Era guy, says Pee Wee Herman. In a Pee Wee Herman wacky yes. voice. That's the best part. He, he owned it so it. much. He was so <laughs> sure and so proud that he knew that the city of Pee Wee Herman hosted WrestleMania, that he said it. And again, this guy has no charisma. He is not an impressionist. Uh, and he says this, as you said, owns it. He puts all of his being into it. And he is wrong because the question is cities that have hosted WrestleMania, not celebrities that have hosted WrestleMania. Connor O'Brien, we have a new category for you. Cities that have hosted WrestleMania. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman is not a city. That's wrong. <laughs> Goodbye. What the? The announcers lose it. Striker loses it. Everybody's howling. Gratitude guy is confused. He doesn't understand how this is wrong. But because this show makes everyone look stupid, he, big tough wrestler guy who had been picked on all his life, just decides, I'll put my head down and go to the back. Yes, and everyone proceeded to pick on him again. So he should have <laughs> changed his gimmick to from the rat guy to the Pee Wee Herman guy. <laughs> Anaheim, Houston, Boston, Seattle, Orlando, New York. And then Johnny Curtis gets stumped. He does not have an answer. And so he's eliminated. The next question, name a 2010 pay-per-view. So name a pay-per-view from the year that this competition was happening. Imagine though, you had to do was name a pay-per-view. If someone asked you in, in modern times... Name a 2010 WWE pay-per-view. There is no way I'm getting anything other than Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, sure. SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Yeah, but in the year yes. that, that and the company you work for. Yes, these men are know. employed by this company. <laughs> Every and single in one of theory, these. In theory, they're pros. Their storyline mentors wrestled on all these shows. And you don't know. Yeah, so TLC, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, bragging rights, Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and then Byron Saxton says Survivor Series again, and you can't repeat the answer, so he's out. (laughs) What is bragging rights? Bragging rights was the SmackDown versus Raw pay-per-view. Oh, wow. I'm sure that did as big there a number. Was a trophy as involved. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, Were there the, immunity points involved? Uh, there had or to be. Or just bragging rights. <laughs> and then the next question, WWE champions. Hulk Hogan, Austin, Michaels, Rock, Miz, Sid, and then Novak. He He's supposed to get five <laughs> seconds, but he got loser. no more than... Two, three well, seconds? No, he, he got five seconds. And in these five seconds, he just like slowly appealed to the crowd to shout out answers because he didn't know more than like four WWE champions, two of which were Miz and Sid. <laughs> and he, again, like, Striker's like, your time's up. You can't ask the crowd. Yes. What an idiot. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And no one named the current champion, who I believe was John Cena at the time, which. There is no 
greater statement about the importance of championships in the <laughs> WWE in 2010 than the fact that nobody on the roster in this trivia contest on television could name who the current champion was. No, but they could name Sid yes. <laughs> and the Miz as uh, champions now. The Miz, that was the one that really just <laughs> just got me. Uh, that that so... Miz was the guy who stood out. Maybe these guys were big reality show fans. That's why they tried out for the show. And Miz, you know, Miz was their childhood hero on the real world. With Novak getting eliminated, Bateman wins and now has three immunity points. Albert, Which we still don't know what that means. We still don't know don't... what he can do with those. Can you cash him in at three? Can you have to get to five? We don't know. Can you know. get to five? Can you choose someone to be eliminated? Who knows? Who knows? And um, who cares? Alberto in the back is oh God, meeting this... with Connor. He asks if he learned from Del Rio's beating of Bateman last week. And Connor's too distracted. He asks for a piece of the cheese that he was eating. Because he's a rat. He's a rat. And uh, Alberto says, win NXT, and you can have all the cheese you want. Main event time. Ted DiBiase, Brodus Clay, and Maurice come out. Maurice apparently... Uh, was the girlfriend love interest of Ted DiBiase at this time? You have never seen in your life <laughs> two human beings. I believe we said this. Who did we say this about before on this podcast? Whoever it was, this is so much more the example of that that have no sexual chemistry together None. than Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice. It is. It is. It's as if they are not even in the building together. Yes, but we're supposed to believe that uh, that they are a couple. Um, it's no, I can tell you exactly what it is. It's it's Sean Stasiak and Stacy Keebler. That was it. Yes, that is exactly it. Yes, and and that all completely interchangeable right here. Ted yes. DiBiase for Sean Stasiak, Maurice oh. for Stacy Keebler. Also 100%. interchangeable when we see the next team come out. Ted DiBiase and Chris Masters. Outside oh, of the fact, I have that a note Chris on this. Yeah, that Chris Masters has a few more muscles. They are the exact same guy. They are the yes. same height, the same weight. They have the same haircut, the same beard. They are wearing the same trunks with the same tribal tattoo, just with inverted colors. Chris Masters and Byron Saxton come out, and we wait for the mystery partner. It's Natalia. Oh, close. Well, I hear the music you and I think it's Red Hearts. I'm expecting to see some jean shorts. We're going to get some jorts and a sharpshooter. Instead, it's Natalia. And Josh Matthews with one of those Byron Saxton ECW lines says, it's so great that Natalia's presence is felt here on NXT. She a is... line no human would say, no. not because there's anything wrong with Natalia. But who would say that that Nobody way? Nobody speaks in that no, fashion. And... No one other than Vince McMahon screaming it in the ear or a team of 30 soap opera writers would come up with that. It's uh, So Natalia is the WWE Divas champion at this point. And boy, has that not aged well. Going no. back and hearing, them, hearing her as the Divas champion and them constantly referring to Maurice and natalia not as women not as superstars not as wrestlers but the the default name like a superstar for a male wrestler was a diva god that was so stupid natalia maurice start out maurice pie faces natalia runs away natalia grabs her from behind throws her down by (laughs) there hold on natalia sneaks up on her from in front of her this is (laughs) so weird like 
she uh Maurice slaps her in the face. Then she's looking directly at Natalia. Natalia goes outside of the ring in full view of Maurice, runs around the ring, comes back in the ring behind Maurice. Maurice never turns around to track Natalia's movements and then is surprised when she's there. What in the world was this? Natalia teases a sharpshooter, but Maurice got to the ropes and tags Brodus Clay. So Brodus... As this is happening, the announcers, who apparently their gimmick is they're both misogynist pigs, I guess. Josh says that Maurice is a Ferrari. And then Todd Grisham Phillips says that Natalia is a Jeep. Brodus is in with Byron. And Brodus with big chops, he starts beating down Byron Saxton. Saxton, he's he comes out of the corner into an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. You could see that, uh, you know, of of the guys we saw wrestling, Brodus a million light years ahead of uh, young Novak, who we saw oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, it actually had charisma and had... There was something there with Brodus Clay. If yep. he, uh, his career could have gone differently if he was introduced in a different manner than this. Uh, a, a note, by the way, an example of how nothing that was happening on the show was doing Brodus Clay any favors. Brodus impressively throws Byron Saxon down. Todd Grisham Phillips then calls Brodus the Macedon of Mayhem. And then Josh Matthews immediately makes fun of that nickname. Says, where'd you get that? And Todd's like, oh, I came up with it myself. After commercial, DiBiase's beating up Byron. A chin lock by DiBiase. Because that is what Ted DiBiase does. My note here is that everyone on this show, everyone wrestles and has the exact same moveset as Randy Orton. Byron fights out and backs DiBiase to the corner where he tags in Chris Masters. So now Chris Masters with the fiery baby face tag. Chris Masters as a face in 2010 WWE is so weird. And to be fair, he doesn't look terrible here, but it's just it's almost the rebel Dick Slater baby face WWF 1986. Yeah, completely miscast here. Masters in with DiBiase. You mentioned the similarities at, <laughs> at the top. This if, is where I write down. These two men are, in fact, the same person. <laughs> yes, I, I wrote down. If I was in the upper deck and didn't <laughs> look at the screen, I would not be able to tell who was who. They it's look like th- exactly. They look like the exact same dude. It's like that meme of all the Spider-Mans pointing at each <laughs> yes, other. That's exactly that's what, what this is. is. Unbelievable. Um, DiBiase tags Brodus in. He squashes Masters in the corner and starts the beat down. Masters, he gets some chops and kicks in, but he tags Byron Saxton in. Brodus then, with a T-bone suplex, he puts his head down for a backdrop. Byron kicks him drops down and pulls his head across his knees. This was a, a, a wacky move by Byron Saxton. It was a code breaker. It was just the worst one you've ever seen. <laughs> this was not a championship winning move like it would be for Chris Jericho. I do want to go back briefly to Brodus Clay. I think the thing that made him stand out on this show, why I wanted to see more of him, was because he was the only guy that didn't look like every other guy. Yeah, Every guy point. in this show was six foot to six foot two like 220 to 230 in really good shape wearing similar tights doing all the same stuff brodus at least 
he was a big fat dude with a with a different style like with a mohawk style haircut and he was doing some fat guy stuff like that's yes. what i want to see not six of the same guy no these were sick they yeah the other generic guys were all um basically the default template in create a wrestler and they put well, especially five Curtis to ten and... minutes into the into the process they wanted yeah. to get play in the game so they didn't exactly. really invest in uh creating exactly i mean they didn't change the template <laughs> they maybe changed the tights color and they gave themselves a finisher and that was it yes. I mean, curtis they DiBiase, randy orton's move set and just yes. changes the finisher yeah <laughs> exactly curtis dibiase uh and uh who am i missing well masters they literally all looked like the same person. It's not an exaggeration. Go on YouTube and watch this show. Well, don't, but <laughs> no, do. No, no, but do. Uh, so after this this semi-code breaker, Saxton doesn't tag out. And he walks right into a huge dropkick by DiBiase. This was the best move of the match by far. DiBiase misses a clothesline, and Saxton dives to the corner to tag in Masters. Power slam by Masters for a two count. He's running wild with babyface fire, chops, <laughs> shoulder block, power slam. But he is cut off by his doppelganger, Ted DiBiase, who puts on the Cobra Clutch. I am not going to call it a million-dollar dream. That's right. Masters throws him off and hits a spine buster. Yeah, countered it into a spine buster. He, he gives the sign for the master lock, his full Nelson. Brodus tries to hit him from the apron, but Masters knocks him down. Masters then turns around into another great DiBiase dropkick. Masters and Brodus, they double-team him. Maurice gets a slap in there, and DiBiase back to a chin lock. (laughs) But this, this time, Masters quickly fights out of it. Both guys hit clotheslines and are down because this is an epic six-man tag here. Masters then tags Saxton. DiBiase tags Maurice. And as the rules they stated earlier were that the divas and the superstars slash pros slash rookies, whatever they're calling them, cannot wrestle against each other. So that's, that's a backdrop for what's about to occur. Maurice slaps Saxton. Then Natalia runs in. They catfight out to the floor. For some reason, this makes... Byron Saxton and Brodus Clay, the legal men. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Saxton versus Brodus now. Brodus power slams Saxton, drags him to the corner, where Brodus proceeds to miss a Vader bomb. Saxton then covers him and gets the pin. So oh. Saxton here does something on this pin that is a pet peeve of mine, drives me nuts okay it's when you hook the leg and then you act like you're trying to hook the leg harder or keep your hands locked but you're but you're just moving your arms yeah you're you're not not really locking it in any harder Just actually lock it in it's not that hard no yeah (laughs) that would look so much more impressive and like you're trying than this fake over uh over acting that you're talking about I hate that acting like I'm doing that and just moving your arms, not locking it any harder. It looked ridiculous. I was very angry at that finish. Uh, I well, did... it also makes Brodus look terrible. Brodus Clay, this big dude that looked pretty impressive in this match, he misses a second rope Vader bomb and then just gets pinned. Byron doesn't hit him with anything. Nope. He doesn't cheat. There's no foreign object. He just... Pins the man, and now Brodus Clay 
can never be a star. And that's the end of the show. Well, uh, it, well, it, it's the end. But first, Byron pins him, goes out to the floor, and is celebrating like he just won the main event of WrestleMania, but it's not entertained because it's Byron Saxton. The announcers say it was a veteran move, and then the show ends. For, for, for the history books, season four winner was Johnny Curtis. So that was that was how the season ended. Johnny Curtis was the winner after eliminations and immunity and 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 the like. But uh, that was the end of the show. Thoughts, Adam? Uh, favorite thing on this show? Oh my God! Favorite <laughs> thing meaning something that I actually liked, like yeah. not ironically, not criticizing no. it. No, what was your favorite thing on the show? I would say honestly, probably Dolph Ziggler. Uh, his commentary yes. from the stage, and then I actually thought that even though the finish was dumb, I thought he his execution of that finish, where the sort of the double distraction and then uh, you know the uh, the illegal punch and then the win uh, for his guy Jacob Novak, I thought he was pretty decent here. It was great to see Daniel Bryan, even though he didn't do much of anything. But my favorite things on this show were the things that I'm going to say were the worst things. Like I, <laughs> I. I got enjoyment out of some really bad things on this show. All right. So instead of the worst things, let's just say, what were the worst things that you enjoyed the most? How's that? The worst thing that I enjoyed the most by far was, oh God, I would say probably everything about the personality profile for, uh, for, uh, <laughs> both of them. I, well, yeah, both, both of them. Both those personality <laughs> profiles were hilariously bad in their own way. Again, for me, I think that actually the thing that, probably got the biggest reaction out of me was Bateman. Uh, the start of his personality profile when he says he's wild and young, but instead of that song playing, it's the <laughs> dubbed theme for the 80s NWA world championship wrestling show. Uh, yeah. I mean the, that the ratitude stuff, just, I think the, it was the just Pee Wee Herman stuff. Busted well, no, that actually, that was that's unbelievable. it. That was by far, you're hundred percent right. That was the moment of the show. One of my favorite moments, not as far as a good match, but just one of the things I was most uh, entertained by and anything on this season was the uh, the sureness in the mind, in the heart, <laughs> and in the vocal cords of the Ratitude guy uh, saying that Pee Wee Herman was a host city <laughs> of WrestleMania. All right. <laughs> How about you? No, it, that, that was it for me, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just the the worst... Uh, the the worst stuff I did not enjoy all centered around Jacob Novak. Uh, For me, he, the worst thing, the actual worst thing on this show was the fact that the entire show was focused on immunity points and and uh, never accumulating them and who had the most, and they never told us what that meant. We why never that was got important. an explanation of what was going to happen with said immunity points. Yeah, that was also terrible. It, it was just it, yeah the the amateurish uh, amateurishness of the presentation of the challenges was was so bad but it would have it eventually got good like once it get it's that bad that it has to cross the awkward stage and then it gets funny bad and then yes. i'm okay with it yeah. well that's what this what i'll give this show credit for is that unlike some of the very dry just bad boring shows we watched this at least for the purposes of having to watch this for the podcast, not talking about it as like an actual weekly viewer, 
but there was so much fun bad on this yes, show fun bad all over this we show. were able to get like as i watched it it didn't feel like it dragged just because i couldn't believe what i was watching and so many stupid things happened that were unintentionally funny that it made it entertaining but there is no way like if, if our podcast was just us reviewing in order every episode of the nxt <laughs> wild and young era I would, I mean, I this podcast, podcast would end. I, I'm sorry, but there's, <laughs> there's no way. There's we would need, <laughs> We would need a $50 a month Patreon tier that people yes. would have to subscribe to and give us money to get me to watch multiple consecutive episodes of this show. Yes, while that tier and that Patreon does not exist, we do have one that does. Patreon.com slash wrestling at random is where you can go. You can sign up to receive bonus audio content i mentioned it at the top of the show every single thursday we put a new episode out onto the patreon feed so you can subscribe there uh you can still consume it however you consume your podcast uh, but it's uh you sign up for it at patreon.com slash wrestling at random we have other tiers as well you can choose a tier to be the randomizer for a month if you said man i really wish they would review this one show you can bump yourself up a tier request the show you want us to watch and we will watch it it's uh it's a great way uh to either uh, reward us reward yourself get a laugh and uh punish us as well any way you want to do it you can you can pay your 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 tier to be the randomizer and choose a show for us to watch then you just bump right back down to the bonus audio content tier and we do have shirts as well t-shirts you can support the show by bumping up to the t-shirt tier getting yourself a shirt and bumping back down to the audio tier to continue listening to all of that bonus content so if you signed up today there is hours of content waiting for you if you're going on a plane for the first time in a while if you're going on a road trip and you need something to listen to never has there been a better time to sign up for the patreon feed just like this is evergreen content so is that as well so yeah we have uh if you're listening in linear fashion right now we have over 15 episodes uh, on the uh, on the Patreon feed that you have never heard. Completely exclusive, new to you audio. You may have listened to every single episode of the free feed, but if you have not subscribed, if you've not supported us via the Patreon, you've never heard any of those episodes. If you cannot support the show financially through our Patreon, we get it. We still need your help. We still want you to support the show via telling your wrestling fan friends about us, show them how to subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends that used to be wrestling fans about us as well. A lot of these uh, old shows, they might want to take a trip down memory lane with us. Yes, and tell your former friends who you know are wrestling fans, tell them about the show. You may have an even worse relationship than apparently Todd Grisham or Todd Phillips, whatever his name was, (laughs) and Josh Matthews had. Uh, but I believe this podcast can at least bring you guys closer together uh, than uh, than Todd and Josh were here on this show. That's right. Say, so, hey, remember that time we were wild and young? Well, there's a show right now that you should listen to. Absolutely. Exactly. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank Adam for joining us. Thank you, Jeremy. I uh, I can't say in my wildest dreams when many, many, many months ago, we started talking about doing this podcast together that it would culminate 
in us watching and reviewing an episode of this era of NXT from 2010. But uh, as we always say, the randomizer giveth and the randomizer taketh away. And I think we know which end of the spectrum uh, this episode is on. I want to thank everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time.